Welcome to the Loyalty Program Builders podcast, where together with the top industry experts, we discuss business and technical challenges of implementing and running loyalty programs. Loyalty programs are complex. That's why together with our guests, we make difficult processes easy to understand and provide actionable steps to reach your loyalty program goals. Subscribe to our newsletter and become a part of a community dedicated to loyalty program excellence. Hey everyone, today we're discussing the first 90 days after launching a loyalty program. The goal of the episode is to help you identify the most important things to get right from the start. And our guest is Charlie Hills, Managing Director and Head of Strategy at Mando Connect. She and her team work closely with programs that are seeking to initiate transformative changes. She sees data-fueled partnerships and rewards as the key to unlocking a program's full potential. Just like me, she's very passionate about developing actionable insights for the loyalty industry. She's the author of the What Brits Want series of white papers on loyalty and promotions, an editor-at-large for The Wise Marketer, a member of the faculty of the Loyalty Academy and regularly contributes to Loyalty Press, conferences and podcasts. So without further ado, here's Charlie. Hi Charlie, great to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Brilliant. So Today, we are going to talk about the first 90 days after the launch of the loyalty program. So <clears throat> if you could just give us a brief overview of what happens during those first 90 days. <laughs> chaos, I think. Um, chaos and panic and, and lots of running around um, and then lots of great moments as well. It's such a roller coaster. I think when you you create a program, you know, most brands have put so much thought into it. You know, you can have been working on it for two years before that, that launch day. And then that first 90 days is the really exciting bit, but it's also the terrifying bit. I think it's such a roller coaster. So in terms of, I know you asked me to prepare, you know, what happens? What are the key things? to be thinking about in those first 90 days. And I think the first thing that struck um, me when I was thinking about that question and reflecting on my own experience is that it's not really the same. You know, we're privileged to work on a number of programs with Vodafone, with Lidl, with BMW. You know, we, we've been through that first 90 days. And actually, there's two things, I think, that, that really stand out and that are the same no matter where you are in the cycle. Um, I think the, the first priority really is to make sure that it works. So you put so much effort into it as the development team. Team. You know, you have creative team, you have a platform team, you have a rewards team, you have partnerships team, you have client teams and stakeholders and research teams and analysts all working together um, on the perception that actually once you've launched it, it works. And I think one of my, my key things I would advise all the listeners everywhere is to check that from a consumer point of view because by the time you've been working on a program for two years you know it inside out and what you think is an obvious piece of communication or a simple user experience no matter how much you've tested it before once it's in the real world it might not be so I think that's really the first thing to take a forensic view of every element of the program you know the customer experience the analytics the frontline experience what your internal stakeholders and and just 
check and test and see if it's actually working as it should and if people are understanding it in in the way they should and and you'll you'll get some great learnings as part of that actually you know and you might discover things that are even more brilliant than you realized and then my second point um in that first 90 days is that loyalty is a really long journey and you need to remember when you're designing a program that you're designing it for the long term and for the long term consumer experience and that first 90 days is really scary and you need to be really careful that you don't knee-jerk reaction and change something instantly because of one poor customer experience or one staff member that didn't quite get it right you need to make sure that what you're learning is real and a true reflection of the real world and then tweak and evolve and improve whatever you're doing it Iteratively. Um, I think we've had some moments, certainly in those first 90 days, where you think, I'm sure you're the same. You know, I know we're on a podcast, but you're smiling back at me, you know, from open loyalty, where, where, you know, you've got one sort of thing that feels like a catastrophe and you need to check that it's real before you then go and make those big changes. So, those are my two key things. No matter what your first 90 days looks like, what development journey you've been on from pilot to MVP to, to full launches, just to make sure that you're, you know, make sure it works and then start to learn. But just remember that you're in it for the long haul. Those would be my top two. This is brilliant. I really appreciate that. And I think that, you know, it's like you can apply it almost to every bigger project. So so this is this is great. Um, and you've mentioned the learning as a very important part. So if we could discuss maybe the most critical learning loops from, from your point of view in the first 90 days, you know, how to make sure that we actually learn and how to make sure that we learn the right things. I love that word, actually, that use of the learning loop, actually. That's kind of how we think about things as well. It's iterative learning. You need to learn something, improve it, see if it's better, learn again, learn again, learn again. And I think you've got, you've got to make sure that you're in that mentality of learning every single day. I think the most important learning loops um, to set up really depend on your brand, your sector and your program and what you're trying to achieve. Again, I don't think there's really a one size fits all. Um, I think some programs are set up to drive incremental revenue. Some programs are set up to learn about their audience. Some programs are set up to actually create a whole new user experience. So whatever your primary KPI is, whatever your primary reason to exist is, that's what you need to be focusing on first and foremost. So if, for example, you're in a business that is really focused on revenue or incrementality from the program, that's where you need to make sure that actually you can prove at the end of those first 90 days, this is what we achieved. And that means a really close partnership with your commercial team, a really close partnership with your platform provider to make sure that the basic analytics are working and actually that the two are integrated. There's no point knowing if you've got a thousand members in the program, for example, but you don't know, you can't see them back in the business. And so you you don't know what value they're bringing back in. So primary KPI should be your area of focus. And then I think secondary to that, there are some basic um, tenants that loyalty programs everywhere need to get right. The first and foremost one is we're in loyalty to build meaningful, engaging relationships with our customers or the people that we want in the program. So you have to remember I'm a strategist, um, but that would be my natural starting point, which is to make sure that the learning loop back from your audience and your members is really is really powerful and really strong. And most programs start with behavior 
behavioral analytics. So looking at active rates, sign-ups, what are people doing when they're in the loyalty program? And I think that's your bare minimum. Um, we always like to overlay a qualitative or a quantitative view as well to get attitudes. Um, and actually, what are people liking? What are they enjoying? How would they like to see improvements? And that can be done through a program. It can be done through your customer call centers, your frontline staff, actually just going out and talking to people that have downloaded it. But I think it's really important. It's quite easy to stop at the dashboard. I see it quite a lot. You know, oh, I've got a lovely dashboard. And you're like, great, that, that's the beginning of the story. It's really important to understand how this thing makes people feel. Um, so that would be my sort of my universal. It's really important to get that customer learning loop back up. And then after that, I think there are some really natural areas that have differing levels of priority within the business. I went to a really interesting conference um, in March in Zurich, the Loyalty Summit. And one of the um, the kind of the great speakers there, Michael Killeen, talked about the importance of, you know, CX and, the, and, and actually that it's not your customer who's king, it's your staff and your frontline teams and your associates, your advocates, your team members, whoever, whatever their name is, that are actually out there dealing with your customers and communicating about the program and talking about the program. So I think that's a really important feedback loop that can sometimes get forgotten. You know, what's working, what isn't working, what they want to see in the program and being really important and those are the sort of two customer focused ones you know the, the frontline staff and then the customer feedback um, and then behind that obviously the commercials um, it, it's normally the primary KPI so it's normally covered off in that first point of call but really important to track your budget and your impact um, and be that you know however your business measures impact be that reduction in churn increased spend increased frequency wherever the value is coming from this program Brilliant. Sure. I mean, it's quite complex, uh, but definitely, you know, the, the areas that you've discussed is, is going to be really helpful for our audience. And perhaps we could talk about the biggest opportunities there are within those 90 days. Oh, that's really hard. I think the biggest opportunity actually is to have a really big celebration and not forget what you've achieved. You know, some people, as we said, you know, will have done an MVP. Some people might have had a pilot phase. You know, I know of programs that were sort of five, six years in development and also ones that were launched in two weeks. So make sure you celebrate the achievement of bringing something, you know, to the market. Um that actually is new for your customers and is about giving back to your customers and could potentially be a revolutionary um, new piece of the marketing toolkit for your team. So celebrate and celebrate widely and then talk about the program and how great it is. I think that's the biggest opportunity that often gets overlooked. You know, you get you launch the thing and then suddenly you're in the thing of running it and then you're too busy to sort of step back and go, wow, look what we've created. So I think that's a really important opportunity. And then after that, the more sort of sensible um, opportunities then is is really the customer opportunity. So to sit there and think about what were our ambitions for our impact on our customers, you know, and to look at those transactional metrics. So spend, frequency, longevity, tenure, whatever drives value in your business. Also, there's really important attitudinal metrics. I think the obvious ones, you know, around liking, satisfaction, awareness, understanding, um, you know, potentially pushing up to love and, and recommendation. That'd be tough in the first 90 days, but important to kind of have the end, you know, the end goals in sight but then also I think it can be interesting to, to look at the impact on your overall brand perception of the program as well so as well as what do they think of the program what impact is it having on your business it's what impact is it having on your perception of your brand and I think that's a huge opportunity for programs I went to a, a really good conference last year actually at the with the DMA in GB 
And uh, the team who run Tesco Club Card did a really interesting program about um, speech, sorry, about how Tesco Club Card always operates in service to the brand. And everything they do is about enhancing the core brand values and the core brand experience of Tesco. And then they sort of brought that to life with stories about how they've done that with the subscription tier, you know, with Tesco Club Card Plus, with Club Card pricing, which has taken the British market by storm, and actually demonstrating how each of those things is in service to the brand. And I think that is perhaps a big opportunity for loyalty programs as well as developing a great program but it's actually how can I operate in service to the brand how can I encourage brand appropriate behaviors how can I deliver brand appropriate rewards and it's become a bit of a mantra for us at Mando Connect actually everything we're trying to do and create is always about that loyalty program in service to the brand so I think celebrate big opportunity um, but then actually think big think about what your program can do to help your brand and and the brand that you operate as part of um, you know do better to be better and help those customers build more meaningful bonds um, with your brand. I really like the one about celebrations because it's true, I tend to neglect it. So very often, like, you know, we are working towards the launch, then we launch and then we operate. We focus on optimizing, but actually it is so important to actually give yourself some time to enjoy it, to just like, you know, have this sense of accomplishment. And then also like what you said, that uh, the whole program should enhance the brand at all times. So this is great. Um, So perhaps, what about the biggest challenges? Yeah, I mean, we would use a phrase in Britain called squeaky bum time, which um, Ryan Reynolds has just made famous, actually, through the Wrexham partnership. He talks about quite famously how he's learned what this phrase means. I think it's, you know, it's quite unique to Britain, but it's scary. You know, you're quite tense. You're quite afraid. You know, have we done the right thing? Have we got it right? You know, the unexpected happens in loyalty. You know, you can give out a reward that you think is a fantastic reward. and Actually, people don't like it. Or, you know, you create a campaign on social media that has an effect that you did anticipate so I think it is it's about holding your nerve through those squeaky bum times and keeping sight of the bigger picture and what you're trying to achieve and making sure that if you are going to change things which we absolutely should you know you can be very agile and loyalty you can experiment you can move fast um, but just to make sure that they're real things that you want so I think that's the biggest challenge that kind of holding your nerve um, and then the other thing I think is almost we can be overwhelmed by the size of the opportunity so when you know I've worked in marketing communications my whole career when you launch a campaign it's it's quite a specific campaign and you might have three or four prongs to it but when you launch a loyalty program you're actually creating almost a new business within a business and even as we've talked today you're thinking about customers external stakeholders impact on the brand the commercial team the IT team the platform provider the reward provider the reward partners that you have the other partners that are part of the program through sponsorship or for a Acquiring new members, you've got you know if you're a coalition, you've got you know side by side partners, you know developing the program with you. So I think there's so much, and they can become so big that it can almost become overwhelming in terms of what do I address. And so I like to have a top three. Um, my CEO talks often about the difference between the urgent and the important, but I think it's you know what are the top three priorities for us for you know however your business works. If you're an agile business and you work in sprints, but for the next two weeks we're going to prioritize on this thing and tick it off the list and then we're going to look at the next thing and then we're going to look at the next thing and to balance the reactive stuff you have to do with the higher level things that you really want to do as well and making sure that you're getting good representation of both of those things in your level of work so hold your nerve and then prioritize um, because they they can they can become you know universes of of to-do lists they can get very big very fast 
Oh yeah, thank you so much for that because it does really help you navigate through uncertainty. So if you have like a list of priorities and I also like the idea of the three, it helps so much. So so definitely this is great. Um, and now if we could discuss something I love the most, so it's like, you know, case studies, something that is actually representing reality in detail. So if you could, I know that you have plenty of case studies to share. So, so if you could like, you know, share with us a few that you find most relevant. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And first 90 days is is a real privilege. I think we, you know, we worked on existing programs, legacy programs. You know, in Britain, we have programs that have been around for over 20 years, you know, and, and you're always evolving them or you're on a project as part of them. But to be there at the beginning is is quite an honor. And it's one of my favorite things, actually, when you, you can remember, you know, when the loyalty program was a glint in someone's eye and then suddenly, you know, a few years later, you're up on stage winning awards for it. And that's certainly the journey. Journey, um, that we've been on with you know a couple of the programs that we work on and it's definitely my favorite you know and the other thing I love is when you think something's going to work and then it doesn't for a really good reason but then you learn a new thing that does work and you think oh actually that's much better we'll pivot to that and that's my favorite thing I think it's very rare that the initial ambition you know is exactly the execution so I was going to talk about um, a few case studies of, of different sorts of models we tend to find when we're developing a program that we go through a few stages with a brand so we will go through concepting stage what could the program look like what could it be um, a lot of strategy work a lot of looking at other programs to see what they're doing a lot of business modeling um, a lot of budgeting you know everybody always wants to know what the budget is before you have the idea I always think that's really counterintuitive it's like you need to work out what the idea is for the audience and the brand and then we'll cost it not the other way um, around but it's a, you know it's a really interesting approach to go through so in terms of some case studies to, to pull out. Uh, we went on a journey with BMW Inside Edge, which was really interesting. It was a finalist this year at the International Loyalty Awards for Best Loyalty Program, and it really leads the way um, in its sector. There aren't any other brands um, undertaking activity like this, particularly at the moment. And what BMW recognized is that they wanted to create an exceptional BMW brand experience for their company car drivers to match their direct consumer sales drivers. And there wasn't anything in place. And so what we did with BMW, as you can imagine, a, an extraordinary level of precision, an extraordinary level of understanding what that audience really wanted, who they were, what would matter to them, what would fit the brand, and actually what would help to create that unique BMW brand experience for them. And as part of that journey, we went through a strategy and a scoping phase to do the research, do the desk work, do the consumer research to understand what the concept and the proposition was. We then went through a pilot phase where actually we piloted a small version of the program with a small number um, of BMW company car drivers to make sure that actually what we're creating was of the right standard and was at the right level. And, you know, that was a really interesting team to be part of, um, leading for the rewards and the partnerships component of that and then the strategy and then with a platform provider as well and obviously the in-house brand team, the in-house digital team and their creative um, and comms agencies as well. So a lot of that was about building us as a team, building the proposition, testing it, testing it, testing it, tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it until it was ready for kind of full launch. And I think that was a really interesting model for a brand where brand experience is so important. You know, we, we couldn't just have an idea and test it in market. We had to, you know, build it, research it, test it, 
pilot it and then launch it and that program's gone on to great success and we now find that we're on an evolution model with that program because so much thinking went into getting it right actually we're just evolving it over time so i think that's one really good case study um to look up Another case study that I know you and I share in common is our love of Little Plus, um, winner of best program in Western Europe this year at the International Loyalty Awards, sort of internationally lauded program. I think everybody loves it for its positive disruption. The fact that, you know, it looked at the grocery model and went, nope not for us. We're not going to do a points program. We're going to do it our way, unique to Lidl. And what I think is fantastic about that program in particular is how they learn from each of the other markets. You know, it's in so many markets now. I remember when it was only in one or two, you know, when it was a glint in the eye. And I certainly remember like, you know, being part of the team that launched it in Great Britain. Um, and the opportunity there is to learn from others. And I think that's what they've done really well, which is every time they look at it, they look at the other markets, they talk across the countries to understand what's working in your market what isn't working in your market how is my market different to your market you know, we did the european white paper um that carl have obviously open loyalty contributed to and that was really interesting looking at the subtle variations across you know 24 european markets for membership appeal and impact and little masters i think at looking at that and then adapting their approach in market so i think that's another really good case study and the other thing they've done particularly well, I think, is retail presence and internal engagement, which is talking to everybody um, in their sites, in their stores, across the business internally, really leveraging their own assets to talk to consumers about it as well, to mean that people really want to sign up to the program and they have a great experience and, and they teach them through it. Um, and then one that I've just seen, Topical Launch in Great Britain, that's just launched. Uh, we're not privileged enough to work on it, though I will be calling them um, My Dias. So Robert Dias is like a British high street staple store. It does homewares. Um, if you need a mop, you go to Robert Dias. If you need batteries, you go to Robert Dias. If you need linen stuff or stuff for the bathroom or gardening stuff, you go to Robert Dias. There's one on my local high street. I'm in it at least once or twice a week. Um, really lovely homeware pro, um, stall. You know, a real like loved by the British people kind of a high street. It's everywhere. And actually, they've just launched my Dias. And I think what they've done really nicely, and I'm watching them in their first 90 days is they've done a really strong sign up offer so you get 200 points instantly on sign up it's a really good user journey um really good point of sale presence in all their retail sites and on their online so they're really focused on member acquisition and you can see that that singular focus in everything that they're doing so i'm interested to see what their first 90 days but it's nice to have a live one that actually we can watch thank you so much for sharing all those case studies with us um yeah i also I particularly enjoy the idea of having this learning loop whenever you have international loyalty program. And then you can actually, you have those different teams that operate in different markets in slightly different way, and then you can learn so much so fast. So this is a great tip. Yeah. And what works and what doesn't work, I think, is a really nice tip. And for everybody who knows me, I love a cautionary tale. I'm a pure strategist. You know, I love it when you have a hypothesis and you test it and you've got it wrong. Like that to me is as good as when you get it, test it and you've got it right, because then actually you really learn and you really see what works. So I love that to looking to the other markets for, you know, what's working, but also what isn't working. And I wasn't part of the team, that obviously came up with the global loyalty little strategy, but I'm sure that a large part of it was looking 
looking at all the big grocery programs and going, nope, we don't want points. And that was their cautionary tale. So I think that would be another top tip, which is to look out for what's good and would work for your business, but also to look out for what isn't right for you and think about why it isn't. And, and some of the, the, the greatest ideas can come from the cautionary tale, I think. Definitely. I also share this, this like, you know, philosophy of actually learning by doing. So you just start doing something and then you learn along the way. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, because you said that, you know, like retail is close to your heart. So if you could perhaps give some tips for people who operate in retail, what would be the tips for, for first 90 days? Oh, goodness. That's a challenge, isn't it? Because I think it's a good one, though, because retail is so different. You know, there's online retail, there's it's by sectors, by categories. I think it's such an interesting um, area. And actually, everybody's retail model is so different. Um, I imagine, however, those same commonalities that we talked about earlier apply, irrespective of your program and your sector, which is, you know, check it works and check it works if you're in retail for everybody. So check it works for online, check it works for in-store if you're omni-channel, check that the people who are in your sites and who are actually on the front line, you know, your customer services teams understand it and that actually they experience it as well so that they really know how it works and they can help people in that critical kind of onboarding journey. You know, that first 90 days of a program, you would hope that it will be all your loyal customers who already love you, who like you, who sign up really quickly so although it's new you need it to work really well you know that's your biggest opportunity for member acquisition so make sure it works and then start to learn start to see what's working start there but making sure that you take that time to sit back and listen you know retail can be fierce we've all been in those monday morning sales meetings you know how did we do last week what are we going to change what are we targeting you know in those kind of trading businesses you just need to make sure that loyalty has that fit but also that slightly longer term um, longer term view Brilliant. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience before we finish? First 90 days. I think I've talked about the main things, which is really, you know, learn to your audience, learn what's working, celebrate your achievement. Don't forget to take a moment to kind of, you know, really enjoy what you've created um, and really make sure that you're reporting on those big KPIs because, you know, a loyalty program can be a big investment for a business and your internal stakeholders need to see the value of what you're bringing um, as as quickly as they can so they go actually yeah this is a really good investment and um, probably the only other thing I'd say as well actually you have to forgive me because I am an ultimate loyalty nerd is about the presentation of that and actually how important it is to get a good dashboard how important it is to get a graphic presentation of the data that can be shared broadly so that no matter where you are in the business you can see how well it's doing and actually what the benefit to them is I think that's one of the things I've really learned um, from working with our latest kind of voter phone lead um, on very me rewards for Vodafone is actually making sure that you're always thinking in those internal stakeholder conversations what's the benefit to them how does what you're doing help them achieve their goals bigger and better and I think that's that's been an interesting thing to think about so good presentation um, of data and reporting but also what's in it for them brilliant I'm going to take it to the podcast project that open loyalty. So I'm definitely make sure that, you know, there is a cool dashboard available for everyone <laughs> at the team and we exactly know what, what is happening. So thank you so much. 
It was a pleasure. Very welcome. Oh, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you for having me. Um, and if anyone would like to follow up, um, please, or needs any more information or wants any of the research, please just, you know, get me through the um, the details on the podcast or through LinkedIn. Um, I'm really happy to answer any questions anyone's got. Nice. This episode brought us some fantastic tips and awesome case studies. Now, let's wrap up with a few housekeeping items. First, you'll find helpful links in the episode description. Second, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter for more valuable content related to this podcast. And as always, stay tuned for the next episode. Have a great day, everyone. The Loyalty Program Builders podcast is brought to you by the team at Open Loyalty, the world's most flexible loyalty software for creating personalized loyalty and gamification programs fast and at scale. 